Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doing the Thing podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy and my co-host, Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, man. Happy 3rd of July going into the holiday weekend. Absolutely. I hope you are planning to leave some cookies out for Captain America because it is here. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Is that a thing? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I see like a hundred memes about it today on Facebook. <laughs> I do. Can I don't have any cookies. Can you do cupcakes too? Yeah. As long as it's red, white, and blue, I think it's okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check. My daughter made some a couple days ago. I'll have to check. <laughs> Captain America. Cool. And you know, some selfish reasons for the next topic. And, um, you know, Jason, for those of you who don't know, is just, a maniac. Uh, I swear the guy must be an octopus. He must have eight arms. To do all the things that he does in networking and social media, number one, makes me jealous. Number two, makes me feel lazy. And number three, gives me a deep respect for how committed the guy is to growing his network, to growing his referral base. And, uh, you know, admittedly, I've done a lot of one-off work connecting one-on-one -on -one with people and not gotten myself active into the networking world. Um, so selfishly and for the benefit of everybody listening, we thought, um, be a fun session to pick, uh, Jason's brain on some of the things that have worked, some of the techniques, as well as some of the lessons learned and things to avoid. So starting with that, man, let's, let's talk about networking. All right, let's dig in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you're doing a lot of different things. What do you do? So I guess, I guess I can kind of start, start off, how, talk about how it started, and, and that was doing every networking group locally that I could possibly find. That, that included, you know, the chamber, B&I, off groups, like in, in the, um, uh, the greater Boston area, there are groups called uh, Synergy. And that's, um, that's, a, that's an acronym, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's local business owners. Uh, meeting and, and networking in a different capacity. And, and what I found was, you know, local networking groups, especially smaller towns, and yes, there are smaller townships around the greater Boston area, believe it or not. Um, they all <laughs> seem kind of connected to Boston, but, you know, people have some deep roots in, in some of these areas, as they do, you know, throughout America. And, and sometimes that's a, that's a tough nut to crack as far as, as networking. And, and there are some clicks, and there's a cultural barrier even you know I'm, I'm a midwest guy from montana uh been you know like my 15 years in the military yeah you know I've, i would move every three years if it, it sometimes less so so i still kind of stick to that kind of i i guess you would say that mindset i had when i left montana right and and believing people uh would you know communicate and operate the same way you would in that state which is totally wrong because <laughs> <laughs> Or even just like how people do, uh, immediately embrace each other in the military when you move. Like you make friends very quickly uh, during what they call the permanent change station cycle, the PCS cycle. Because everybody, that's the norm, right? You, 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 you develop a, a, a group and a culture for three years. You pick up and you go and do it again. And everybody's like, okay, cool. You're, you're my new friend now here in <laughs> Fort Carson. Like, all right. So, so I kind of brought that mentality to networking too, uh, locally. And everybody's like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who the hell is this, this tattooed 
bald guy. <laughs> it's feeling like uh, I remember in high school cafeterias where you know my buddies would be sitting around me and it'd be tater tot day, and I would literally like make a fence with my arms around my my tray so nobody could steal my tater tots. And it yeah. almost sounds like these little networking groups were kind of don't steal my tater totish. Oh. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Not even, um, not even an attempt to really understand what I do. And you would come into the group and like, oh, you know what? We already have a business coach. It's like, well, what kind of coach? What kind of a business coach? What does that mean? You know, there's there's different there's different categories. We're like, well, that's okay. We we have one. We have a coach. <laughs> it's like okay cool <laughs> yeah that's, that's okay we have a human being with eyes and ears uh, so we don't <laughs> need another one what's he or she doing for you are you getting the, the referrals that you need whatever whatever so so that's that was my learning experience you know the biggest thing was you know if you're going to do a, net, a local group find one that you know you want to find a group that has business owners that that complement your business but I think that's actually secondary to actually clicking with that group and jiving with them and you know, having like a real human relationship with them rather than going to this group every week. Hey, this is what I do. I sell houses. I'm looking for this person. Let's like play the recording, man. Yeah, like that boring as shit. <laughs> Nobody yeah, wants to so, that. so let me ask you this. Um, it sounds like, you know, just like when you when you go on a first date or you you walk into the room of a, a a party you're going to whatever you can pick up the vibe pretty quickly and while you know yeah. things may change generally speaking that first impression is going to be the right one you know you're talking about joining a bunch of different groups and i'd imagine you don't advocate somebody joining 30 or 40 groups but you do want them to try quite a few things how long do you suggest people stay committed to a particular group before you feel like they get a good enough feel i wouldn't commit to any particular group until you've gotten a feel for them you know at least two or three times and actually had some coffee with a couple of the members you know could be a virtual coffee could be you know, a COVID coffee, you know, <laughs> over Zoom or whatever. Um, but pick the brains of the members, get to know them a little bit before committing to that actual group. Most groups let you in uh, two, at least two times before you can make a commitment. You know, so I want to ask you this. Have you seen the movie Stepford Wives? Yeah. 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 You know how there was like this uh, zombie-like group of people that were always happy and smiling? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the experience that's I've creepy, had in some networking groups. Hey, yeah, creepy, right? Um, we're calling like, for new members. <laughs> yeah, we're great. Everything's good. That, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was my experience. Have you ever had that experience where you're like, okay, this is a little creepy. They're too... It's like, uh, it's like go, I call it the, the B&I open mic night. You go out there and you know, they open up the doors like, hey, we want new members. We need them. Everybody's invited. Come to our stupid early morning meeting. <laughs> okay, right. nothing against B&I, but the meetings are too freaking early for me. Right. I don't like, especially around the greater Boston area. You travel three hours to go anywhere. It's it's rough, right? Traffic, everything. But you go to this open mic meeting. They they want everybody to kind of come in and, and get a feel for their groups because they would need more members because it's a business at the same time, right? So so those members obviously are going to be 
overly above and beyond nice to you as you're coming in and stuff, but what's the, what's the real culture of that group? What's it really like? Everybody seems like everybody's kind of putting on a face. So I'm going to find select members, you know, maybe some that I kind of clicked with when I was there, maybe some that could complement my business. I'm going to invite them out to a virtual coffee. See if, see how everything really is. The acid test. Yep. Do that acid test. Yeah. So listen, somebody just getting started out, kind of like myself, I'll talk about a a few of the things I've tried recently, but somebody just starting out, you know, uh, how many groups would you tell them to test and you know, how do, how would they make that determination? It, it sounds like attend three meetings. It sounds like pull a couple people aside and talk to them. And then do you just kind of dive in and take a risk or what do you think? Yeah, I think, I think there's always, um, I, I mean, just like, just like everything, you can only be, you, you can never be hundred percent sure, you know, that it's going to be the right fit. But if you do pull the trigger on something there, there had to have been something that, you know, that encouraged you to pull that, that trigger and join that group. Um, you know, maybe, maybe do a, a you know, come in with some criteria. This, this is what I want out of my networking group. Overall, I want it to be a group to where I can actually build real relationships with those people. And, and then to go on into your, your, maybe your business KPIs or criteria uh, and, and see how those members can actually meet that. But I think that number one is being able to build that relationship because if you can't, when, are you ever going to get a referral from anybody? Probably not. Yeah, and I wonder about that too. Let's talk about the referrals because each networking group, um, and you know, I let me back up a step. I agree with you on BNI. I think it's a great organization. I wish it was even like one hour later in the morning, seven o'clock, and I live out in the outskirts, so it's an hour drive in and back, which means get up at five, leave at six, get home at nine, right, etc. But you know, everything's moved to virtual, so some of those rules are off the table. Um, but each of the networking groups commonly ask you to bring in either a, um, I don't know how the different ones term it, but, but either a suspect or a prospect, meaning you drove by a business that looks like they could use Jason's services, you mentioned that name, or you have a direct referral, right? Right. How's that all work out? Um, well, in the, like the case of the BNI, I mean, I think you, you are required um, to go to weekly meetings. Um, and at those weekly meetings, there is a requirement for a referral for somebody in the group. So every week you have to find a referral, whether, whether it's a good one or not, you know, kind of forcing referrals down the chute, you know, doesn't always work out. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's like, um, it's like you're probably giving them the same thing that they're getting throughout the week. You know, when you're, when you're just kind of, you know, Oh, I'm rushing. I got to get to this meeting. Who's in the group? Who's in the group? Oh, I think I know somebody for that. I'm just going to show them this business card that, that I got found a guy at a convention that might work that I have no relationship with. I don't know anything really about that guy. I don't even know if that other person needs the service or not, or if they'll be a good fit. Mm. Well, let me ask a question though. Um, if, if someone listening is thinking about joining a networking group because they want to generate referrals, one of the reasons you join a networking group is because maybe you need the network. Maybe you don't know all those other people. So what happens if you're coming in cold, you don't have a, a bunch of people you can introduce to others in the group. What if you're just starting out from scratch? Yeah. If you're just starting out, I mean, 
you, you have to communicate that to them. It's like, hey, um, you know, maybe, maybe I don't have any uh, network to bring to the table of this. I'm just starting out. You guys are kind of my launch point. But what I can tell you is that, you know, I am actively engaged in my business. I'm not a part-timer and I'm going to be generating business and I am going to be working in it. So I will be finding people for you uh, in the course of my day. Um, because what I, I wouldn't like in my, um, in any of my networking groups is somebody that's part-time in their business. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with being part-time in your business. If that's what works for you, that's great. But to me, it tells you that you, you only have a little bit of skin in the game because you have your safety net of your, your job or something like that, whatever else you have going on. Mm. And, and so, so all of this stuff is secondary. Everybody else in the group is using their business, you know, to put food on the table, pay the bills, things like that. So, so here, here you are, Mr. Jobby job over here, <laughs> just dabbling, you know, um, I, you're probably, they're probably great guys, guys and gals, and I'd probably get along with them really well, but I'd hesitate to have them in the, in the networking group uh, just for that very reason. Yeah, fair enough. But it seems to me though, um, somebody just starting out, if they're really committed uh, to the group, right? If they want to mm -hmm. see some personal benefit and they're committed to the rules of the group, they know people who know people. And as soon as you yeah. become aware of someone else, you're sitting across the table. Jason does career ownership coaching. There's a real estate guy. There's a mortgage guy, right? As soon as you meet these people and you say, yeah, these are good, competent people. They've been in business for X amount of time. Hmm. Then you can start looking at your Rolodex and maybe walking in blind, you don't think you have the referrals that perhaps you have, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially as you get to know them too, you start getting a better idea for what they're looking for. You know, typically in in sales, I think you can probably test my knowledge, check my knowledge on this, but uh, it takes like, what, like nine, seven to nine touch points with somebody before a sale is actually made, especially on the internet. Used you know, to. And that kind of goes into like, you know, online net, uh, market or networking, online networking, which I love, which is like my favorite part because I mean, why, why spend, why cut out three hours of your day when you could either, when you could go on a zoom meeting and you can meet everybody, but also maybe spend more time doing that instead and cutting out the travel time and everything else. And you can really get the business you know, in those Zoom groups and still have those, you know, those great eye to eye connections. You know, some sometimes they do like breakout groups where you can do that one on one networking during your networking group and then they zoom back out and it's like a back into like a round table style thing again. Uh, they're getting very creative out there with how they do those uh, online networking yeah so there's there's a couple i want to ask you about um i have some experience with meetup i have some, in it, uh, some experience with network after work and that association um have you ever dabbled in those of course yeah um i'll even hit up a meetup group just randomly especially with my move coming up i'm probably gonna hit up a whole bunch of meetup groups just to just to kind of at least get my name out, understand what everybody's doing, what, what are some of the, what's the culture kind of like in the area as far as business owners. Um, that's one way to do it. But also I, I have um, connections from like 
like my first uh, meetup group ever as a business owner that I still talk to. We're not part of networking groups or anything like that, but you know, we, we click, we formed a relationship, we call, we text each other every now and then, Hey, how you doing? And, and sometimes that drives some referrals, but you know, you know, when you're, you know, being a human with people, <laughs> instead of trying to sell, sell, sell in, in, in networking groups and, and just kind of instead understanding what the other person needs, um, they're going to think about you a lot more because they think you listen to them. You know, it seems so simple, but yet it's not just to be a real genuine human being, take an interest in another person and put a little bit of effort towards what you can do for that person in the relationship. 100%. We both know it you know, yields exponentially, but dude, so, you know, again, props to you for all this work you put into the various organizations. Um, I almost feel sometimes like you've got a couple clones out there, like there's three or four Jason Maddens. <laughs> so how the hell do you do this, man? There's, I, I feel like you've got 80 hours and the rest of us have 24 in a day. So <laughs> it's like, it's a time management thing. So so we, we all have like our, I guess you could call them our critical tasks for our business. Things that have to actually happen every single day, right? So, so those are built into a day automatically. Um, and, and I found like when I'm focusing on multiple things, like I want to have a section of my week that's focusing on networking. I want a section of my week that's focused on marketing. And that maybe even want to have a section of my week that's just solely focused on admin. What I don't try to do is pepper all that stuff throughout one day. Because it feels like, like if I do an hour of networking, an hour of marketing, an hour of tasks in my day, and then another hour of admin work and catching up on all sorts of stuff and then doing emails and things like that, that's a pretty full day. And on top of that, you know, we don't have just our business. Maybe we have school, maybe we have training, maybe we have some other things going on and we're throwing that stuff on top of it. It probably will feel like you didn't accomplish shit. <laughs> You're probably really tired. So, so I have been experimenting a little bit with chunking that down into different days. So I'll have a marketing day. Well, we're, Maybe I'm not focused on putting everything in my marketing out on social media and stuff like that that day. But, you know, maybe I'll schedule it out. Maybe I'll have it. And I use a uh, cool little tool on my phone. It's called Google Keep. It's like having Post-it notes on your phone. Mm. And I'll put a lot of my marketing stuff on Post-it notes on there and, you know, put set real reminders on them. Hey, throw this thing out on Tuesday. Throw this thing out on Friday. Um, but I do all that crap on one day. Um, and now I'll have to focus on that for the rest of the week. The same with the, um, you know, um, networking groups. I try to do all that stuff, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning, all my networking groups, virtual coffees, all that kind of stuff, because it's at the end of the week and it's really nice to just kind of chill out and, and hang out with a couple of other business owners. That's how it feels to me, uh, hanging out with other business owners and then just kind of collaborating and resetting for Monday. Mm. So, so maybe try experimenting, you know, focusing on cer certain days, certain activities and criteria. You know, that's great advice because uh, we've talked about this book before. I'm a big fan of John Medina's. And mm -hmm. one of the things that John Medina has identified is human beings suck at multitasking. We just yeah. convince ourselves that we don't. We think that we can be checking email and doing marketing and a little bit of admin and all these other things. But in the brain, what happens is 
one part of one set of neurons shuts off, another starts to fire, there's a delay time between. I think it really makes a lot of sense to center in on blocks of time and have not only just the blocks of time, but you've talked about having committed days to those blocks. That makes sense as well. Yeah, just separating it even further, you know, um, because even on those dedicated blocks of time, so oftentimes I, I notice that they overlap, like your, your typical critical tasks during your business day. So if you have two separate blocks or two separate things on top of your critical tasks, I think you still run the risk of falling into that, that kind of overload because once you're, you know, once you got done with your marketing segment and you want to go into your, um, I don't know, a networking segment or, or something like that, a client calls. Oh, I'm out of the zone. I'm out of the zone. Or, or, or strategic partner calls or something like that. And, and usually that's, those are longer than you want kind of conversations. Yeah, it just, you know, it reminds me of somebody that has one of those chairs that, that swivels and they're just swiveling between stacks of paper and different keyboards and stuff and their hands are flailing. And at the end of the day, if you ask them, what did you do? They would tell you, I, oh man, I did everything, but did they actually accomplish much? No. So it sounds like get in the game, get in the frame of mind, have your dedicated block of time, you know, spend yeah. 10 minutes before mentally turning yourself towards marketing, direct all that time block it out, you're done, that week's block's over. Boom, 100%. And, and it, it's still a busy week, but I'm trying to move away from saying that I was busy when someone asked me how my day was. Because when I say I was busy, it doesn't say that I accomplished anything. And no. also, being busy alludes to you really sucking at time management. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, there's business. And there's, yeah. No, there's busyness and then there's business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so I want to explore this a little bit with you. And I have kind of mixed feelings about the next subject. Um, there are networking opportunities where you have to put skin in the game, not just bring in referrals, but, you know, monthly fees or, or however yeah. that's structured. And then, of course, there's, you know, very low cost to no cost, meet up, network after work, event bright kinds of things. What are your thoughts between the two? Um, I actually like the paid networking groups, uh, the skin, the game ones, because that, that means people are going to come back every, every week. Um, usually with those, those meetup groups, unless you build like a really great culture and a really great rapport right off the bat, um, you will probably see, even then you'll probably see some quite a bit of flexibility of um, attendance in those groups. Um, so it's, it's really hard to create relationships when, you know, somebody shows up, you know, once a month or twice a month or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely been my experience as well. Um, when it's free and, and I'll give you a great example. Um, I have a meetup group that meets every other Wednesday night, 7 PM. Always ever and always I have an adult beverage nearby you know, um, which yeah. you should at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. And, you know, we've had as many as four people show up. We've had as little as two people show up. But the group itself, 37 people are members. Nice. And they're somewhat active on the membership board, like trading emails and talking to one another from time to time. But it's free and nobody shows up every other Wednesday, you know. Yeah. And I guess that's your point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you have a group like that, it may as well be a Facebook group. 
Hmm. It may as well because, you know, you can go live on that Facebook group, bring everybody in live through Zoom or, or Ring Central or whatever technology you're using. And then that video of that meeting stays in that Facebook group. So those members that, that missed it, they can still go in and look at the meeting and you can talk about it and have a closer connection with them that way. Oh, that's um, a great suggestion. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm doing that with a with a veteran business owner group. We do that. Uh, we, we just call it the virtual happy hour. We do it every Thursday. Um, I mean, there's thousands of members in that veteran business owner group, but regularly we have 20, 25 people come to that live um, that live uh, happy hour, and we just talk about what you need. You know, maybe they'll come and present. There's a lot of veteran nonprofits out there. So there's a lot of presentations about nonprofits, services to veterans and the businesses. Uh, but then we go into, you know, individual business owners and, and talk about what they're doing and how everybody can help them in the community. So one thing, one theme that has been established here, uh, I think is, is the servant leadership approach to, to networking. It sounds oh, yeah. to me, you know, everything you've said is don't go into the group with a me, me, me attitude, go into the group hoping to help others. And at that time of need, when you really need some referrals, if you've helped enough other people, they're just going to naturally come without you asking. Conversely, though, if you come in with that, prove to me I'm going to get something out of this before I give back mentality, not going to work, huh? Yeah, you can't come in with a hard sell attitude either, you know, because then you just look like a jerk. <laughs> well, really? I mean, plain and simple, you know, <laughs> you just look like a jerk who wants to work with jerks. <laughs> um, cool, man. And thank you for sharing all that. And, you know, if you had to summarize it down to the very first thing a person new to the networking world, or perhaps who stuck their toe in the water, but hasn't committed or whatever else, what would be the very first thing you'd recommend they do? I would explore your options um, locally and online. Um, and I would say, you know, start out with the big ones. Start out with the chamber and the BNI if you want to. I mean, you, you should get those, those experiences because I think that – this is going to be a long summary. So I think that – Yeah, I think that BNI actually kind of trains you how to be a good networker. It really does because you come in there, you have to present yourself every morning, you have to, or every week, and, and you present your business and who you're looking for. It gives you, it trains you to kind of help educate others around you what you need and who you want. Um, and, and you, and, and it trains you on how to give those referrals. Um, so, you know, back, backing up a little bit, how I said, you know, weekly, you know, required referrals and things like that. I mean, that's, that's repetition at least. Uh, so when you can, when you come out of a BNI group, um, you're, you're partially trained to go into any kind of networking group and be a valued member. Um, huh. And another thing is, don't sell your crap. Don't sell your crap to other members. Sometimes you will do business within the group, but that's secondary. They are not your your networking group. Are your business partners? They're not your customers. Wow, big, 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 big advice. Um, yeah, I'll be honest with you and, you know, call me a neophyte in the network networking world, but I went to a couple sessions two years ago of network after work and dude, they were a lot of fun, you know, 6 PM mm -hmm. at a nice bar venue in yeah. downtown San Diego back when you could actually go outside 
um, if we can all remember back in those days. <laughs> um, and a lot of really cool, energetic people. But I'll be honest with you, I thought about them as my primary audience. And I ended up not going back after a while. But it took me a couple years to realize it's not who you network with, it's who that person may know that you yeah. can help. And it's that relationship you build with that primary referral partner. Um, so one other question I have for you on networking, and thank you, man, for sharing all this. It's valuable stuff. Um, if you have the mindset going into a new networking group that I'm going to give it 90 days and if I get business from it, I'm going to stay, is that right or wrong? I think 90 days. I mean, I, I think it's um it's a judgment call, you know, that, like kind of go with your gut on it a little bit. I think um, textbook, you know, yeah, maybe 90 days, maybe 90 days, maybe 60, maybe, you know, get there like, like that nine touch points with a sale, right? You know, you know, go to, go to nine or 10 meetings, you know, that's almost for the whole year. Usually with some of those paid groups, you're paying for the year up front anyway. Hmm. Um, so well, 52 weeks in a year, but <laughs> my math, as if it was a monthly group, right? But, uh, <laughs> but that, 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 that's, uh, that's another point. If you're paying that money up front, you might want to have some more of those virtual coffees before you commit to that, that annual investment. Outstanding. Jason, man, thank you so much. This has been really good. I hope everybody listening enjoyed. Um, and as always, we'll post in the show notes how you can reach out to Jason or I with questions, comments. Please share this with friends, especially if you're in a situation, one, where you're thinking about starting a new business, two, you have started a new business, or three, you're considering your options and you, you, know, you want that referral network for potential job opportunities and or entrepreneurial opportunities, right? 100%, man. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll load up the resources on there. And I want to say one other thing about when you actually finally do get that referral, whether that person is your, your ideal client or not, even if it's a really bad referral, talk to them. Treat them <laughs> like he's, you know, a valued person. Don't ghost them. You know, that's a millennial term for don't just like disappear on them and never contact them connect with that person because they're still going to appreciate your time, especially if you show up and you know, provide them some value in that conversation. So, so don't be that business owner that that's like triaging your, your referrals. And it's like, Oh no, not that one, not that one. Oh, he's got money. I'm going to talk to him. Don't be that person. Don't pre-qualify. Yeah, that's really good advice because, and who knows, that person who gave you the referral that isn't your ideal client, but you take the time and really treat them with respect, who they might know or who that first referring person might know based on how you treated that person affects yeah. the future. It affects that relationship. Yeah, very good advice, man. Jason, thank you so much. Powerful session. Thanks for letting us pick your brain. Enjoy the holiday weekend, my friend. You too, man. All right. Talk See you soon. next week. Yep.